The mission statement of an organization very often provides a, a glimpse into the identity of the organization. So if, for instance, you are looking to apply for a job in an organization, one way you can begin is to begin by looking at, go to their website and just look up their mission statement. Because the mission statement, in a way, can be a glimpse into the culture of the organization. A good mission statement will provide you some sense of the purpose, the vision, and the mission of the organization. And as a matter of fact, if you study the mission statement of the organization carefully, you can even have a sense of their attitude to the zeitgeist, to the spirit of the time. You can have a sense whether they lean liberal or they lean conservative just by carefully looking at their mission statement. Or let's take another example. Inaugural speeches. Usually the inaugural speech is like that speech that lays out the broad philosophy of the leader for everybody in the organization. At Messiah College, for instance, where I work during the weekday, so I, Monday to Friday, I'm over there, and Saturday and Sunday, you guys have me. <laughs> so at the beginning of the year, the president of the college lays out in an inaugural speech what she intends to be the thematic that should guide the entire college. For this year, the goal is the common good. And so the idea is that everything everybody does in the college, students, professors, conferences, concerts, everybody's mind is thinking towards that thematic. And so in the inaugural, the president expects that theme to permeate and percolate in all activities that happens within the organization. Now, for want of a better analogy, that's exactly the kind of thing that is happening in our gospel this morning. The grand inaugural of the Messiah. The grand mission statement of the Messiah. But the fundamental difference between the mission statement of the Messiah and the mission statement of the rest of us is that most organizations our mission statement is pointing to what we want to become. And so if, for instance, the mission statement of Elizabeth and Seaton Parish is that we want to become a family-friendly parish. Aha! That's what we want to be. It's in the future, and we're looking towards it. But the messianic statement is not what is to become, but what has come to be. Amen. The messianic statement is, is not about becoming, but it's about is, here and now. And that was why when the people in the synagogue were all looking at Jesus intently, and they were like, what? Who do you think you are? What do you call yourself? And he just smiled and said, whatever. Now you guys listen. What you have heard is being fulfilled right now in the here and now. And that's what we celebrate in our gospel this morning. 
the grand inaugural of the Messiah, the grand mission statement of the Messiah. So what I want us to do now is to briefly look at the key components of this mission statement of the Messiah. First of all, the Messiah has come to bring an anointing, an anointing that releases every yoke. The Messiah has come to break every yoke by the anointing of the Lord. And that's what we celebrate. That's our faith. The anointing of the Messiah breaks all of us from every captivity. Captivity of the mind. Captivity of the soul. Captivity of the heart. Captivity of addiction. Captivity of sin. And the list goes on and on and on. Captivity of hatred, of malice, of envy, of jealousy. The anointing of the Messiah has come to bring a release and break every yoke. That's the primary component of the mission statement. Secondly, the Messiah says, I have come to bring light to darkness, to dispel the power of evil, to dispel the power of hatred, to dispel the power of divisiveness, the power of partisanship, and bring light to the people. And now this is the best, this is the one I love so much. So even if you forgot the other component, please don't forget this last one. The Messiah says, I have come to declare a year of jubilee, a year of favor, a year acceptable to the Lord. What does that really mean? It means that you are now favored in God's eyes. Because of the anointing, you have received the light in God's eyes. And so what it really simply means in practical terms, regardless of what you go through this morning as you sit right here in church, Regardless of the ups and downs of life, you are favored in God's eyes. You are acceptable in God's eyes. That is the gift of the mission statement of our Messiah. Now, like every mission statement, it's expected to permeate everything in the ministry of that organization. And so what it means is that all of us, as members of the ministry of Jesus, are expected to be part of this ministry, to be part of this mission. And that's precisely what Paul is telling us in the second reading. Paul says, look, we all cannot be the same. We all cannot do the same thing. Some will be head, some will be eyes, Some will be mouth, others will be hands, some will be lectors, others choristers, others ushers. Uh Ushers will collect the money, and some people would have to give the money. Uh And so we all cannot do the same things. 
But Paul says, no matter what you are, do not forget the big picture of the Messiah. That he has come to bring liberty. He has come to bring freedom. But above all, he has come to bring us joy, happiness, and peace. And so my prayer for all of us this morning is that the favor, the mercy, the joy, and the kindness that the Messiah brings to us will remain permanent in our hearts. Somebody say amen. Amen. I pray that the true freedom and the liberty and the joy and the light that Christ comes to bring to us will remain in our lives all the days of our lives. And let the church say amen. Amen. God bless you all.